Welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planners Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmalee, and today's question is, when should I appoint elders? Now, the reason that we are addressing this question here is that many planters assume that they need elders to complete all of the legal paperwork, the things that we've been discussing in the other episodes with Articles of Incorporation and EIN or 501c3, and this is not true at all. So I've had church planners come to me and say, well, I finally found some elders, so we're ready to go. I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean you found some elders? Like you found some hitchhikers and you picked them up off the side of the street? How they went from zero core team members to finding elders usually had my heart racing quite a bit. So here is what I suggest, um, that as a church plant, you don't consider appointing elders for at least a couple years. Now, sometimes when I say that, I hear guys gasp, what? Is that even biblical? And I'd argue, yes, it is very biblical. So 1 Timothy 3.10 says they must be first tested, and then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Now, I know that Paul here specifically is addressing deacons, but I do believe that this is a principle that can and should be applied to elders uh, as well, and that is this, is it not to rush into appointing leadership. I say I think making a bad elder appointment is actually more difficult to navigate than a bad staff hire. So you can fire a staff member, uh, you can even let a, you know, a volunteer or a leader go, but to remove a bad elder is much more of a sticky situation. It's a difficult process. So you want to do everything you can to make sure that you're choosing the right people and it's okay to go slow. So does this mean that you as a church planter are the sole dictator of the church with unbridled power to run the church and to take it in any direction you want? Yes, absolutely. This is why we... Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, No, if you listen to the episode about bylaws, and if you haven't, please do, because in there I mention uh, uh, this structure that I'm going to talk about here in a moment and to remind you that you can go onto the blog and you can download for absolutely free a sample bylaws, a template uh, that you can use. And this is what I've seen work best over the years uh, is to create an outside board of legal directors for the church. So this is often made up of pastors, other churches, or even network and denominational leaders. And what they do is they offer accountability and encouragement in that legal board structure that you're looking for in those early years. And this is helpful not only from a functional sense, but also in a communication sense in your growing launch team or your young church plan. When people come that are suspicious of leadership, which some have every right to because you know they've seen or experienced runaway pride and ego in a lead pastor, they may come asking some questions to you about your leadership structure, and you're able to confidently tell them that you as the pastor report and submit to a group of other pastors who you also show the financial records and get approval on large decisions that need that type of board-level approval. Now, many planters I work with over the years, they, they keep this external board for even up to four years until they can transition into you know, a, a full internal elder board. Now, do not misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about elders until four years. 
you should actually be thinking about elders from day one. You are constantly going to be on the lookout for all sorts of leaders, and finding these leaders is a huge part of your responsibility as the lead pastor. Uh, It's going to be your job to really appoint uh, this first group of elders, and this just gives you some breathing room so that you can observe and test people. Now, I promise you, you will have people that come to your church launch team, church plant launch team meetings, and they will gladly announce to you that they've been an elder at XYZ Church for 10 years, and now they are ready to take their experience from there and to bless you with it. Okay, not always, but this is usually my number one red flag when those that are coming from other churches offering to be an elder. So a couple different things that throughout this process, when you have this breathing room, some different things that I kind of look for in potential elders uh, that will be developed and appointed down the road. The first one is uh, emotional and social maturity. And you might say, well, that's not that's not in the biblical uh you know, requirements in Timothy and Titus. I'd actually argue that it is. If you look at some of the different things that are mentioned there, it's how do these people function in their family? How do they function in the community? Do they have this social and emotional maturity to, um, you know, navigate different decisions and relationships? And you will just see that this is such a key thing as uh, elder team, you start to have to make and wrestle through some difficult decisions. Does someone have emotional maturity to see that? Uh, the second thing uh, to look for is theological aptitude. Now, I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb here, and maybe some of you would be disagreeing. That's okay. I love debating stuff. So honestly, this is your invitation. If you want to leave a nasty comment in the blog and kind of start a fight over theology, I am game for that. I love that. It's how I learn uh, the best. So if you kind of read the elder uh, requirements in 1 Timothy 3, 2, it says able to teach. Uh, and then in 1 Timothy 1, 9, 1 Timothy, in Titus 1, 9, uh, he says, hold firm to the trust uh, trustworthy word as taught so that he might be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. So this is kind of my little statement, which maybe some of you would disagree with, that I think that uh, these verses are often um, over-applied or misapplied to mean exclusively preaching, Uh, but I think that the verses speak more to a person's ability to discern sound doctrine and to confront it more than it does the gifting to be able to communicate God's word from a platform, that kind of preaching gift, if you will. So why do I say this? Well, I say this because I don't want you to just look for elders as those are um, people that can preach for you while you're on vacation. Um, There could be that quiet person who will never, ever stand behind a mic, and yet they're able to handle God's word excellently. Uh, They can discern, they can help protect and to guide the church theologically uh, in many ways. So um, social and emotional maturity, theological aptitude. Uh, Number three, you want to find elders that are more loyal to Jesus than they are loyal to you and to this specific church or organization. So yes, loyalty to you and to the church uh, is a plus. I love to have people on my team that I just love to be with, and I know that they they have my back. But you you need to make sure that their loyalty is first to Jesus 
and it will save you or the church, uh, save you and the church a lot, a lot of mistakes. Uh, number four is kind of connected with that, um, and that is that you need to find elders that will say no to you uh, and to confront you. So if you surround yourself just with your raving fans and those that agree with everything that you say and every decision that you make, you're headed in for trouble. Uh, why? Uh, because you're a wicked sinner. <laughs> so uh, I, I know this from experience. I am a wicked sinner. And you will be shocked at how quickly success or growth of your church will go to your head and pride will well up quicker than you can imagine. So again, I say that this is the beautiful thing about having some time with people before you appoint them as elders. Uh, by no means am I saying that you need to intentionally put a Debbie Downer or a naysayer on your board just for balance. Not saying that at all. But if you really want the church to be healthy, find some of those elders that care about you enough that they will confront you when you're not only overtly sinning, like, okay, you just literally are saying things that are not in line with scripture, but even when uh, they sense that your motives are off, that they're willing to uh, do that. So find those elders that are willing to kind of challenge you, oppose your ideas or decisions. Uh, it will um, it will help you uh, quite a bit. Now, the first couple of years, uh, you might uh, not need to have some sort of formal elder training program. I, I have nothing against it. I've seen some churches that have done a great job. It is a little bit more difficult to pull that off as a church plant because you start inviting a few people into that, and they automatically assume that this is just you know their waiting period. In other words, like oh, you know I, I've got these you know four people and they're going through my elder training program. They're all thinking, okay, well I'm I'm basically an elder here. So if you don't have this, you know, kind of established system. So instead, what I suggest is that you just create some groups, uh, maybe they're time-bound leadership cohorts. So for example, you could uh, grab a, a group of people and say, hey, over the next year to 18 months, we're going to read through a couple books together. We're going to get together on Wednesday nights or Saturday mornings or, you know, whatever you kind of figure out there. And we're going to talk through these books and it's, it's not about just dispensing communication. That's what you need to understand. These groups instead, as you're reading through these books, use this as an opportunity uh, to um, you know, be spending time with people. You're going to get into their lives a little bit. You're going to allow them a picture into your life. And then you're going to be looking for some of those different things that we mentioned, the social and emotional maturity. You're going to be able to see how they respond to different things, even if you're like, moving the meeting around or things like that. And if they're all like, ah, I'm, I'm all angry and I'm all upset, or they come in and all they're doing is, you know, gossiping about what's happening in their small group or um, just different things that you're kind of paying attention to, obviously theological aptitude. But here's also where you get to say, hey, as long as I have you here, I have this, I have this idea. What do you guys think of this? And, and again, this is where you're looking for some people to say, yeah, maybe it's not the best idea and, and here's why. Or uh, not that you would fake sin or something like that, but you know you develop these relationships, and then maybe someone will come alongside you and say, "Hey, I just you know I really I sensed this. What what's going on?" And those that of course are encouraging to you, I really think it's important that as you have this uh, as you have this elder board, 
You, you need some people speaking love and encouragement into you. I'm sure you've heard it said before that church planting or even lead pastoring leadership in general is lonely, and, and it's absolutely true. And so you need to find some people that are going to be able to kind of encourage you uh, along uh, the way. Now, this is different than flattery. You know, the person that's, you know, the person that says that every single sermon that you preach is the best one that they have ever heard. You know, just you're just getting better and better every single week, and it's absolutely amazing, and you're speaking directly to their heart, uh, and they're having life change every single week. Okay, that's probably, that's probably the person you don't want on your team because they're just trying to flatter you. Uh, so you got to be careful of, of that, of course. So I think that uh, your elder team, your elder board is hugely important for the health of your church. So do not rush into it. Uh, consider having that outside board so that you have some time to kind of test people out. Say no to them. See how they react uh, when you say no in different situations. Invite them to be part of a group. Give them responsibilities. See how they handle responsibilities. Maybe it's overseeing a ministry. Maybe it's just helping you do small little projects here and there. It's going to be through time and through circumstances that God is going to begin to kind of show you those leaders that will help with the spiritual direction of the church and the the spiritual and kind of theological um, protection and governance of the church. So thanks so much for listening. And remember, if you have a question, you can submit it at churchplantersask.com. And until next time, keep asking those questions.